What is up, fellow thermonuclear AFers? I am Dan Valley coming at you with Surprise, Surprise, a podcast about the latest Kevin Durant news. Before we get started, just a user reminder to please remember to hit that subscribe button on YouTube, like and comment on every video. That helps the algorithm love us back, and it also means the world if you subscribe. If this is your first time checking us out on your podcast player, please subscribe wherever you're getting your podcast, download, download every episode, join our Discord, the links to which are in the podcast and the YouTube descriptions. And if you've done all those things, word of mouth helps a ton. Tell people about us, recommend us, retweet our promos on Twitter, or just inform people who you know like basketball that they can find some pleasantly sub-mediocre national NBA analysis at Hardwood Knox. Um so another Kevin Durant update, which it's interesting because the article coming from the athletic Sham Sharania drops Monday afternoon and there's like an update within like the first three lines. And then the rest is just like the same gobbledygook that we've, we've heard all along. Joe side did weigh in though later on, which I'm glad I didn't rush to record a podcast on Monday. I was taking a, I want to call it a much deserved breather because I, I don't want to make it seem like I work harder than anybody else, but I needed I need to take a little bit of extra time off, but let's get to the, the Sham Sharania portion. He reports in a face-to-face meeting with Brooklyn Nets owner, Joe Sai over the weekend, all NBA star Kevin Durant reiterated his trade request and informed Sai that he needs to choose between Durant or the pairing of general manager, Sean Marks and Steve Nash sources with direct knowledge of the meeting. Tell the athletic Durant stated. He does not have faith in the team's direction. Sources said Durant and Sai spoke in London on Saturday and sources described the discussion as transparent and professional uh, the meeting took place a year to the day that Durant agreed to a four-year, $198 million contract extension with the Nets and barely a month after his initial trade request. So fast forward like six hours or whatever, and Joe High goes on Twitter and says, our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interests of the Brooklyn Nets. This is, let's operate under the assumption that this report is verbatim, word for word, absolutely true. There are like maybe two or three people in the league that could have this conversation with in this exact situation and not be just laughed out of the room. Kevin Durant happens to be one of them. Uh, I did see follow-up reports from people that I would not consider a trustworthy source mentioned that um, Durant and Kyrie never really wanted Steve Nash in the fold and that they're rightfully angry. I fine. Let's even buy into that. Uh, Kevin Durant signed his four-year $198 million extension, knowing Sean Marks was in charge of the Brooklyn Nets front office, knowing Steve Nash was the head coach of the Nets. And Durant also came out uh, at the end of this season, I think it was, and said something to the effect that uh, Steve Nash should be back because look at, like, he's been dealt essentially a crazy hand. And the entire organization has been dealt a crazy hand. And it's just for him to now flip-flop to, well, now you have to get rid of Steve Nash or Sean Marks, who, by the way, did just sign an extension this offseason. We have not received information or even confirmation as far as I know about how much that extension was worth and the exact terms of it. But like that already happened. So now you're coming um, with this demand or ultimatum after that step has been taken. And also when you kind of voice your support for Steve Nash already. And I refuse to believe that the Nets specifically when it comes to Steve Nash did not weigh what Kevin Durant would have wanted into the fold just because he and Nash had a pre-existing relationship dating back to when Nash worked with him while he was with the Golden State Warriors. And so if Kevin Durant had a different choice as a head coach, um, yeah, okay, fine. But I, I doubt that Steve Nash didn't have his support coming in. That's not a hire when you're talking about hiring someone who 
quote unquote skip the line um, since he didn't have all this pre existing uh, assistant coach head experience and spend all this time on the sidelines like other teams. You don't make a hire like that in a situation such as this without taking into account what Kevin Durant wants. And so there are just levels to the hilarity here of what Kevin Durant appears to be asking for. Uh, there's also the slant, though, that this is the Nets leaking it out so that when they do trade Kevin Durant for less than what it's reported they wanted, they're able to save face and just say, oh, well, he probably wasn't going to show up to training camp. He wanted us to fire our entire organization. Um, could it be that? Maybe. Uh, I find it hysterical. I'm just trying to, like, the audacity of Durant to go in and request this is just melts my mind a little bit. And maybe it shouldn't when it comes to this uh, Nets situation. And I think one of the other things to really keep in mind here, let's not lose sight of the plot of the real reason that the Nets have imploded. And that's because Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving. If Kyrie Irving gets the COVID-19 vaccine, we're probably not having any of these discussions. Does, does James Harden uh, ever request a trade? Does, does Kevin Durant ever request a trade? Certainly not. What does last season look like for the Nets uh, at all? If Kyrie Irving is a, you know, a full-time player, if he's available on a night to night basis for them, that is the person who look, everyone here deserves blame. Kevin Durant for hitching his wagon to Kyrie Irving, the Nets for turning the keys over to the organization, then deciding to kind of not follow through with that. When you look at the stance they've taken since, but like Kyrie Irving is the, you know, the main breaking point to me, like that's the common denominator of all this is everything that went wrong with the Nets can be traced back to what he ultimately decided to do by not getting the COVID-19 vaccine and becoming this part-time player. And he is in Brooklyn now. Uh, he had to pick up his player options because there was no other market for him. And that situation has sort of fizzled out to where we know, okay, well, if they don't trade Kevin Durant, uh, maybe Kyrie's back or maybe he's just going to end up with the Lakers. Also part of that Shrani report was uh, notes that three teams remain most heavily involved in the Durant sweepstakes, the Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics, and the Toronto Raptors. Uh, both the Heat and the Suns were on Kevin Durant's initial list. We have not received confirmation of an expansion of that list since. The Suns seem to have faded out uh, now that DeAndre Ayton can't be a part of any direct deal or three-team deal, at least until till January and he'll have veto rights in that situation. If it even leaks out that far. Um, so you have the heat, the Celtics with their Jalen Brown offer that was reported about a couple, a, a week or two ago that they were willing to move Brown as part of a Durant package. And then the Raptors have always sort of loomed on the fringes. Uh, will they give up Scotty Barnes? Will they not? The stance has been so far that they will not give up Scotty Barnes, but they can still, depending on whether they go with OG Ananobi and Gary Trent or Pascal Siakam as the centerpiece, plus all these picks, they can still probably build a better package than most teams. I am curious if this, not even the report, but you know, Durant having that meeting with Josiah was in an effort to accelerate the process to get him out of Brooklyn, sort of knowing that, well, they were never going to um, get rid of Marks and Nash for Durant at this point. It just feels like this is an organization that has really tried to seize control of the narrative and over its own fate. And that to get rid of Marks after apparently agreeing to an extension with him, the optics of that are just so poor. And so if Durant, you know, if you do grant his request, now all of a sudden you go from extending Marks to firing him, you could get rid of Steve Nash, I would argue, no problem. Uh, there would be jokes, criticism with people who believe that Durant specifically had a huge say in Nash coming into to Brooklyn. But like you can get over that because I, I think it's, you look at what happened this past season and even the year before with all the injuries, 
I don't know that Nash has been dealt the fairest of hands. I don't know that he's also done anything that's necessarily been spectacular as Nets head coach. The first season was probably more encouraging than the second season. But then you look at everything that was just going on behind the scenes, on the court, with injuries. What else was he supposed to do? Still, I think you could get rid of Nash. Like The, the coaches in this situation, especially when you have Kyrie and Katie essentially saying that this is a collaborative, uh, that they don't really have a head coach, yeah, they're definitely going to be replaceable. But for what the Nets have tried to do, of drawing this line when it came to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant since basically the start of the offseason, um, it would be out of, uh, I guess it wouldn't be out of character, but it would sort of miss the mark of what the team is currently aiming to do. So I feel like Durant makes this request or has this meeting at all, regardless of what was said word for word in that meetup in hopes of accelerating the process so that he doesn't have to deal with going into training camp in September, um, deciding do I show up? Do I not show up? Do I have to deal with the media once I get there? Um, are, is this going, are we ever going to be able to get away from these questions? And there's also the, look, if you're the Nets organization too, you should root for a resolution sooner rather than later because you don't want to go into training camp not having made a decision, not only with Durant, but with regards to Kyrie and then sort of the rest of your roster. You want to have a direction on where you're going next. We know that they prefer a win-now package in any Durant deal or one that skews win now with players who can help them immediately because they've mortgaged so much of their own future already, but you need clarity on what you're actually working with. And could I see it both ways where they also want this out there that the screws are being put to them. So if they do accept not pennies on the dollar, but a package that's going to be significantly worse than people were expecting, or that was, you know, being reported when Durant's initial trade request came through. Sure. This whole, look, all these reports are wars of optics at this point. They're people behind the scenes, trying to win the press conference, trying to win the direction, trying to push their agendas, their narratives. So we have to keep that in mind. But my, my first my first gut instinct to all of this, or my first gut feeling to all of this is that I, I'm, I just find it hysterical that this is where it's come to with Durant. Like the optics here are so bad for him, um, even if that's not exactly how this meeting went down. You have you, it's it's not even just a matter of you chose this team and then you were the one that chose to hit your wagon to Kyrie Irving. It's you signed an extension while knowing that Sean Marks was here, that Steve Nash was here. And to now try, after they, after the organization goes out and announces at least that they Sean Marks agreed to an extension, to now go out and try and like force their hand a different way is, is just, it bends my brain. And then sort of in the backdrop of all of this, if Kyrie Irving says he wants to be in Brooklyn, which... That's been the, um, that's just been the chatter ever since he opted in as a show of loyalty. It was a show of loyalty. It wasn't that he had no other options and that it was a difference of keeping 30 plus million dollars rather than take the mini MLE from the Lakers in free agency. It was a show of loyalty. Uh, that Durant still wants out, knowing that Kyrie might be okay staying in Brooklyn. Is this a way? So if you move Durant, you know that Kyrie's going to get out anyway. Um, I also don't know how you go through this entire process as Durant, and you're not at least a little bit pissed off at Kyrie Irving for the role that he played in this. And like, it's just, I do tend to believe I will skew that. I think organizations receive too much credit for the work of what players are going to do in this case, specifically though, Durant has made misstep after misstep in how this was handled. If you had any doubt about the future in Brooklyn, why would you have signed an extension in the first place? Yeah. Get your money and then figure it out later. You're kind of seeing how messy it's going to get. If you need to figure it out later when four years are left on your contract there. I normally would say that the organization will acquiesce to the top 15 player of all time who is still sort of in his prime, but the steps that the Nets have taken to let this situation deteriorate, 
uh, it leads me to believe that no, they're not going to choose Durant over the pairing of Marks and Nash. And maybe they end up getting rid of Nash anyway as they move into this next era of basketball. But this all almost sort of seals the fate of Durant in Brooklyn, where I would expect him now, it's more likely for him to get traded before training camp. Where he ultimately lands, the fact that we haven't heard more about his list is a little odd. You would think maybe that's the Nets natural per the next natural progression of all this, perhaps. Are we going to hear more than, oh, he was willing to go to the Heat and the Suns, and maybe the Celtics were kind of on there, but the Raptors aren't involved. Do the Pelicans get mentioned at all? Are there other teams that come out of out of the woodwork um, that want to maybe roll the dice on Kevin Durant, given his health history and age, because he has so much time left on his contract, or is he just open to playing for them? And that's just going to organically make more teams become interested in um, in, in going after him. Uh, those reports have yet to follow. We haven't really seen anything come through that talks are intensifying. Uh, I will say of the three teams mentioned, I think you probably say if Galen Brown really is on the table and the Celtics are going to include draft equity on top of another player, uh, whether it's smart, Robert Williams, the third or Derek white, I would guess would be the, the pick there. I think that they probably have the best package. The one that adheres most to what the next are looking for. I then think it would go to, Toronto pretty clearly if they put Scotty Barnes on the table uh, I think they would clearly have the best package then but knowing that they're not going to they feel like the second best team in this running and then the heat it's just getting to assuming they can get to three first three swaps then it's Tyler Hero and then it's you know Nikola Jovic is in there but you're giving up Kyle Lowry that feels like a team that needs to find a third or fourth a third and fourth or more facilitating party party to make this work it's interesting that um, the report makes it seem like the Suns are out on Kevin Durant. I can't imagine that they're out on Kevin Durant. This, to me, might be more reflective of how the organization views w- which teams can offer them or are willing to offer them the, the best packages. Because right now, if you're a Phoenix, it's you know whatever money has to be out around in there. It's Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and then your entire draft is basically the setup there. I could see... I could make a case to you as for why that's as to why that might be more appealing than what Toronto could be offering. Um, but it's hard to stack that up against if Boston is going to attach draft equity and another player to Jalen Brown. Um, and then the heat, I, I would probably, I'm not going to lie. I probably prefer Phoenix's best package to the heat's package by a pretty substantial margin, unless you're turning Kyle Lowry into other picks or a player that far exceed what you'd be getting value wise out of the Suns. So it is odd to me that the Suns are not mentioned like at the four of this anymore. I can't, to me, I can't imagine that DeAndre Ayton was sort of the, uh, like the only way, the only mechanism through which they were going to acquire KD because we knew that DeAndre was never going to go to Brooklyn. Um, it was just too tough with them having to be hard capped. And then they brought back Nick Claxton. He's a terrible fit with Ben Simmons. It was always under this guys that, oh, Ayton can be used sent to a third team or a fourth team. That's going to send other stuff to Brooklyn to make this work. So if Durant still wants to go to Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix is involved in this. Like megastars, their input, even with four years left on their deal, it absolutely matters. What I do wonder is whether by reaching this point, if it's the Nets who have self who are self-serving in the sense of, oh, everyone knows the pressure being applied to us from Kevin Durant, how unreasonable some of these asks have been specifically to get rid of Sean Marks after we just extended him, um, to try and pin blame on the direction of the franchise that you were comfortable with a year ago. And in the last year, you're not comfortable with it anymore. And what has changed about the organization in that last year? Is it their fault James Harden requested a trade? No. Kyrie Irving happened. 
That that is what actually happened. So the Nets actually have a unique form of cover here, I think, relative to how most of these situations might play out. Yeah, they'll come off looking bad regardless, but I do wonder if this would embolden them to send Kevin Durant somewhere uh, that he doesn't necessarily want to go or isn't on his 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 first list, his second list, his sub list, whatever it is. Uh, and given how few teams I can we can single out that could give him a realistically give up these attractive trade packages for him, maybe it doesn't even matter. Maybe we've already gone through them all when you're looking at Miami and you're looking at Boston and you're looking at Toronto and Phoenix, and we've mentioned New Orleans a million times on this podcast. Like what other team is going to come in and bowl over the Nets with an offer? I do think Atlanta can probably get to an interesting number of picks uh, if they're also going to be dangling Capella and Collins, maybe again in third or fourth team scenarios, Cleveland, if they're if they're not going to put Mobley on the table, that's really tough to envision. So you've all, and if the Clippers aren't going to give up Paul George, if Memphis isn't going to you know break up its core and put Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain on the table, you start to run out of options here pretty quickly. And just there are teams that might be interested that really won't have enough. It feels like Golden State already bought, bought out of this situation. Philly doesn't really have a ton of pull in these talks aside from Tyrese Maxey, who by himself is super appealing, but he's just not enough to get a deal done on his own. Portland really no longer has the assets to me to get it done after going through their, their off season. Um, if you wait long enough, you can build things around Shane Sharp and Jeremy Graham, but even your draft pick equity is not going to be um, that sexy at the moment. And so, like you run out of suitors very quickly. I know the Wizards were sort of mentioned, and they might have a more trade uh, attractive trade package than most when you're looking at, oh, including Denny Avdia, can we get to salary filler with Chris Dobbs or do we tack on Will Barton and Monte Morris? There's Kyle Kuzma in there. Um, having that draft pick owed protected uh, right now to the Knicks does make figuring out what their best offer would be a little bit difficult because you're probably not going to get the Knicks to unprotect that pick in 2023. If you do, yeah, then you can get to a point where you're like Miami. It's three first, three swaps, and then the other players that you have to offer, I think you can make a case are arguably more valuable than what Miami would be doing because Tyler Hero, maybe you consider that the best prospect between Miami and Washington. But also like having Denny Avdia, uh, having uh, Johnny Davis, having, you know, uh, it, maybe, maybe the Nets like Rui Hachimura, having Daniel Gafford as well, who still remains young. Uh, there's just there's more levels to what the package that the wizards could build If the mid end salaries are definitely going to look better to the nets than a Kyle Lowry as a salary anchor. When you're talking about a Will Barton or Kuzma or Monte Morris, maybe really high on Przingis, I wouldn't necessarily believe that they, they would be. So point being, it really feels like when we're mentioning the teams that were mentioned, Boston, Miami, Toronto, maybe throw new Orleans and Phoenix in there. That sort of feels like, uh, maybe throw a six team in there. Like it doesn't feel like this Kevin Durant sweepstakes will be that expansive unless he specifically names a team that we're not talking about. And he comes out and says, I want to go to Orlando and I want to stay there. Not even trolling the magic here. It would need a development along the lines of that. And so I don't know that this request changes anything unless you believe that the nets were going, that there was a chance that, uh, the situation in Brooklyn was going to be salvaged and that they would keep KD, keep Kyrie Irving, see what they have, uh, with those two, Ben Simmons, the rest of the roster, Joe Harris coming back. They traded for Royce O'Neal. They bring back Patty Mills. They bring back Nick Claxton, um, you know, Cam Thomas in, in year two for him. The team can still be really good if they stay this way. I just kind of think we're at the point where it's too far gone. And if this is what Kevin Durant wants, or if this is what the Nets think they want, or if this is how the Nets are painting what Kevin Durant wants, it doesn't feel like there's a, 
uh, a resolution to be had here. And sort of in the backdrop of all this, meanwhile, was don't know how much stock I placed in this report coming from uh, Rick Buecher on Fox Sports, but that Ben Simmons left a group text chat when they asked him if he was going to play in a game against Boston this past year. He didn't answer them. He just left the, the Nets group chat. And so this is like, we've reached the point of just Nets bullshit where anything to me could sound believable and a report like that. Yeah. I'll just buy into it because like whatever's wrong with this organization, I'm just going to assume is fact at this point, the Kevin Durant stuff specifically. Uh, it just, it feels like this means it's more likely that he's going to leave. I, I, I wouldn't doubt that the team would get rid of Steve Nash if that's what it came down to, but the marks request pushes it one too far, whether it's a, like whether you're actually thinking about Mark's value to the organization, or for me, I'm looking at it at it optically for not just his extension, but the message the organization has been trying to convey since the end of the season that they're not going to kowtow to Kyrie Irving. They're not going to kowtow to Kevin Durant. So that's where I'm at with this. Uh, I'll have, we'll have more on this as it unfolds. I suppose uh, I don't, this request certainly has not changed the suitors that would materially be involved it's still the same organizations and names being bandied out about there. I think the biggest conclusion we can draw from this, though, is that if you had to bet now whether Kevin Durant would be with the Nets or play a game with the Nets next season, that's not something I would even consider investing in at this point. It just feels like that situation is too far gone. Uh, I guess stay tuned. This is the this is the team that keeps on giving uh, the Nets. There's always going to be these different reports of them, apparently. Uh, until next time, please remember, though, to rate, review, subscribe to us wherever you're getting your podcasts. Uh, if you, this is your first time listening on YouTube, hit the, hit the subscribe button, hit, hit like, comment, and all the videos to help the algorithm love us back. I'll be back with another fuller podcast on um, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I think, this week. So stay tuned for that, unless there's any more breaking news that can come out. And finally, I leave with a shout-out to the one, the only, the legendary. would never request for a trade because he is so committed to whatever championship cause of which he is a part, Frank Nielakina.